From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Offensive Masterminds, running an outside zone on your intelligence, John Granado and Lance Zerline. Dana Holgerson is brought to you by Damaris Barbecue, by HRNP, and by Chastain Ford. All huge supporters of the Cougs, all of whom will be out there on Saturday when the Cougs take on TCU. Trying to bounce back from that Rice loss. Dana Holgerson with us here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. What's up, Coach? Hey, how you guys doing today? Good, man. How about you? How are you doing today? Uh, we're trying to trying to get it together over here, you know. Um, you know, like Kurt Blake just mentioned right there, I mean, we got a huge week ahead of us. This is what uh, one, well, a week that the University of Houston has been looking forward to for a long time, and you know, I just encourage everybody to come on out and support our student athletes. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, last week was not what we wanted, and uh, I think our guys are very motivated and excited about you know getting ready to play a Big Twelve football game here this week. You know, it was a ch- it turned around after a quarter and a half. The offense got a lot came alive and scored thirty five straight points. But during that time, coach, that that's going on. You know, any kind of a drive during that 28-point run by Rice to start the game, any kind of a drive where we could we could change the momentum, what was it like on the headsets, you know, trying to get that offense going? What what was what was the reason that it stalled in that in that first quarter and a half? Well, there was a lot of things going on other than trying to get offense going. That that I've never been a part of something like that. Um, you know, football is an emotional sport and momentum is a is a is a real thing, you know, and you know, I'd, I'd t- hats off to Rice. You know, uh, you know, Coach Bloomgren's doing a, a good job there. JT Daniels was as good as advertised. Uh, that's the first time I've seen him up close and live and in person, and he was accurate as, as all can be. And you know, Luke McCaffrey made some catches that I that are next level catches. You know, they they were a motivated football team. Uh, they they played well. They executed well. Uh, you got to give them a little bit of credit. They got eighty five scholarships as well. Uh, but just, you know, we didn't stop him. Uh, offensively, you know, Donovan had a, a tip pass there on the first drive that got intercepted. It was unfortunate. Uh, the second drive, we had drops. You know, we had some guys falling down, not in the right spots. Uh, they stopped us on the third, the third possession. <laughs> and then luckily the fourth possession, the only good thing that happened in the first half is uh, fourth possession offensively. We moved it down. We scored. We got a little bit of momentum, and then we got an interception on defense uh, to go into the half. You know, at halftime, we had a, a, a little chat in there, and, you know, I give our guys credit for coming out in the second half and stepping up and playing better. Uh, you know, scored 35 straight points. Uh, you know, just really disappointing that you, you you come back from all that, you overcome all that, you get into overtime, and you can't stop them. Uh, you know, they they scored you know shoot fifteen straight points there, and then we came down to a two point conversion. Usually, these overtime games are going to come down to a two point conversion. Thought about doing it at the end of regulation, but I thought we had the momentum, and I thought we could stop them because we did that in the third and fourth quarter. And unfortunately, we just decided not to do that. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, it, it at all in those final seconds when you scored that touchdown to bring it to within one. Was there any thought by you of going for two? The, these two point, and, and it, it, I was accurate. I mean, it did come down to two point conversions. You know, we we did not convert our two point conversion. We stopped their two point conversion, but. 
for some reason they called a flag on the on the phantom pass interference, but we still had an opportunity to stop them on on the one and a half yard line, and we just refused to do that. Uh, so I thought about it, but you know, like I said, we had stopped them. You know, the entire third quarter, the entire fourth quarter. You know, we were moving the ball, so I felt like we were going to score and. I just thought we could stop them and, you know, uh, decided to go ahead and keep playing. Um, don't know if it was the right decision or not. I, I evidently it wasn't. Coach, I'm curious. My dad coached at University of Houston back in the late 70s and until about 86. And I remember there was a team in the, uh, in the 80s that they just, they just, they were pretty talented, but they just didn't have any juice. Like when it came time for the games, it was, it was a constant battle for the, the, the coaches to get them up. When you sense that a team doesn't have that juice and doesn't isn't where they need to be, is there anything that you can do as a coach, or does that need to come from inside with with players kind of you know getting guys to wake up and, and play with more intensity early on and maybe even to start games? Yeah, it's clearly an issue for us this past week. Uh, it, it 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 wasn't two weeks ago. You know, I mean, we came out, we were you know pretty fired up to play and all that. Um, I, you know, there's that, that, you know, we did it's that we talk about it in coaching all the time. I mean, you're going to have some lulls. Uh, you gotta, you gotta withstand the lulls and you gotta, you know, you gotta figure out a way to pull it out. And, you know, we, we overcame the lull and we, and we, and we bounced back and we got that thing back to a seven point lead, but just couldn't close it out. It's unfortunate. It's disappointing. I'm embarrassed. And, and we got to put it behind. The only way you can put something like this behind it is if you go out there and you play better the next time you have an opportunity to. Um, you know, uh, college football is a competitive thing, and you got to be ready to play every single week. Uh, it was a hard lesson for our team to to learn. You know, and they're embarrassed by it, and they're disappointed. And you know, the only way you can rectify that thing is is if you go out there and you practice hard for a entire week, and you line up and you play, and it doesn't matter who you play. You better be ready to go. It doesn't matter that we play the, the you know, a team that played in the national championship last year in TCU. We got to line up and we got to play better, and I'm expecting our guys to do that. They played better defensively. The, the well, the uh, the opponent wasn't nearly what it was the first week for TCU, but they did play better. Their 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 guys had said how embarrassing it was the way that they had been playing defensively. Um, <sighs> You got to expect them to come out uh, really, really in the first game uh, for them and for for both teams in the Big Twelve here. Um, what are you? What what about TCU this year that's different than last year, or are they about the same? Well, there, there's some similarities and some differences, like every team every year, you know. So you know, this is Sonny Dyke's second year, so. You know his his mentality is going to like what his expects from his team is going to be the same. What they do defensively uh, with uh, Coach Gillespie, you know, we coached against him at Tulsa. They're a they're a three three stack drop eighteen, a uh, lot of hole coverage stuff. They got good players, I can assure you that they got six or seven starters coming back, and they recruit at a very high level as well. Uh, so, you know, it's just, it's a little, it's, they got some new players on defense, but it's the same scheme and the same people that, uh, a lot of the same coaches, a lot of the same players that, 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 that got them to the national championship last year. You know, offensively is where they're a little bit different. <laughs> they lost Coach Riley to Clemson, uh, and they brought in Kendall Bryles, which is a different style of offense. 
So they're they're probably kind of trying to figure out a little bit of what their identity is on offense. It, it looks like Baylor to me uh, back when they were at Baylor together. So, uh, you know, the, the scheme's a little bit different. You know, how much they're going to evolve from week to week offensively after just playing in two games is going to be interesting to, to see. Uh, this is a good football team with really good players. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, they're going to be ready to play. Um, and we got to be ready to play as well. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what the level is. Uh, our team has been brought to be a Big 12 football team, and we're going to have to step step it up and be more competitive. We know that we know that uh, Kendall Bryles likes to. They're going to play with tempo, and then they're going to try to isolate your weak, whatever they consider to be your weak matchup defensively. They're going to try to do some of that. How do you take that history of knowing what they like to do, and how can you, you know, how can Doug Belt counter that? With, with coverage changes, or can you disguise any cover? Like, do you even have the ability to, to do anything other than just try to be your best in one-on-one execution defensively? Is there something schematically you can do to, to stop what Kendall Bryles and that style likes to do? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, we've got lots of experience going against it. It's a, it's a run-first offense. <laughs> and they're going to play light and fast, so we're going to have to we're going to have to be disciplined with with you know when the play is over of you know getting our eyes in the right spots and lining up correctly and and stopping the run. Uh, and then when they decide to take their shots and stuff, we're going to have to hold up in coverage in the back end. I, I don't think we did a good job of holding up in coverage last week. We gave up 400 yards passing uh, and got zero pressure on the quarterback. So, you know, it, yeah, it's a challenge and I've challenged our defensive coaches. I've challenged our defensive players and the unit in general, uh, to where we got a, a better job of stopping people that starts with stopping the run and then holding up in coverage in the back end. What did you, I saw you had a couple of guys nicked up. Where are you health wise? Oh, uh, it's week three. It's like probably everybody else, you know, we're going to, you know, hopefully get a couple of D linemen back this week. Uh, you, know, you know, nothing, nothing long term, but we did mess a couple. We did have two of our starting D linemen out last week, and and hopefully they're going to be back this week. But you know, you can't you can't ever use that as any kind of an excuse whatsoever, unless it's you know one of your your main main guys, or it's just you're depleted. Uh, uh, we're not depleted, you know, and so that's not an excuse, and we got to line up and we got to, you know, get guys to play through some things and get some guys back. But at the end of the day, whoever's out there is expected to play well. Yeah. Um, Ugbogu, I saw that he went down. Is he okay? Uh, who's that? David Ugbogu. Uh, no, he's fine. He's fine. No, he's, he's, he's good. Um, he didn't play as much as I wanted him to last week. Uh, that's been addressed. He's one of our better players and he needs to get out there and run around and make some tackles. That's that's important. What do you think of Donovan so far? I mean, he really is. He and Samuel Brown are really a nice combination. What do you think so far with his relationship with Man Jack and and Brown and Golden? Very happy with Sam Brown. Uh, he's been you know probably the best player on the field the first couple of games. Uh, just consistent, uh, starting to become powerful. Hundred uh, percent catch uh, catch rate and uh, getting yards after the catch as well. Um, you know, Man Jack took a step back last week. Didn't play very good, in my opinion. Uh, you know, Golden has got big play potential. We targeted him thirteen times. Didn't have as many catches as he should have had with that many targets. So I've challenged those two guys to be better. Um, you know, uh, 
Boogie Johnson, the transfer from Oklahoma State, went in and had a couple of drops. He's got to step it up. Josh Cobbs, transfer from Wyoming, he's got to go in there and step it up. I've uh, been very happy with uh, with Donovan in general. Uh, he's poised. He's you know he's he's running the offense. Uh, he doesn't get rattled whatsoever. He's keeping the play alive with his with his legs and getting us some first downs. Doesn't mind running. He's a big, powerful, imposing guy. The guy's bouncing off of him left and right. I wouldn't want to tackle him in the open field, but uh, happy with where he's at. I just think he's going to continue to get better. You know, I mean, we got to. There's one knock. Uh, we got to get him going early a little bit more. You know, tried to do that last week on the first play, ran him. He went up the sidelines for about 15, 20 yards. But Golden got a holding call, and so now we're facing first and 20. Uh, but uh, he's he needs to start a little bit better, you know, cut it loose a little bit more. Uh, took a step in the right direction last week, I thought so. You know, I think we scored five of our last six possessions, so we got it going. We just got to start a little bit quicker. Yeah, no, and he looked good. Uh in overtime, I mean, you guys went to almost exclusively to him running the ball. Uh, that was, I thought, he, he he is. He's tough to bring down, and he scored three touchdowns, you know, running the ball. So, um, the last play call, what did you think? You're on the headset. What did you think about the the, uh, the fade to end the game? <laughs> well, it was our two-point conversion that was next on the list there, you know. So, you know, it has it has options. You know, our, our two-point play philosophy – is always going to be options, right? So it's always going to be pass-run options or run-pass options. And, you know, they, they, they tighten the safeties down. You know, they knew we were going to probably run the quarterback, so they tightened them down so they had nine people in the box ready for it. If Donovan would have ran it, uh, is, he was going to have to drag some people in there, you know. So that, that was his read. Uh, Should have put the ball out there just a little bit more. We had the matchup we wanted. Um Got to make the catch, you know. In that situation right there, you got to make the catch, and um, you know, unfortunately, we didn't. Yep. Dan Olgerson with us here every week. Brought to you by Chastain Ford, HRP, Demaris Barbecue. Every week, right here, big Cook uh, supporters, and they're going to be out there this week. And you can get out there as well. UHCougars.com slash tickets or seven one three go Cougs. Got to fill that. I think it's going to be full. I just hope there's not a lot of purple there, Dana. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Uh, this once again, you know, I I just encourage everybody to come on out. I mean, it's a Big Twelve football game. We got a team that played in the national championship in the hometown Cougs. I mean, we need to bounce back. You know, I uh, need everybody's support. Absolutely, come on, let's fill it up and let's uh, let's be loud. Wear red. Let's go. I want to see. We got to see that thing just just laced with red. Screw purple. Purple's a terrible color. 